Blog Talk Radio. Race fans, welcome to the most listened to show on the 110 Nation Radio Network. When it's hot, it's hot. Presenting you the caution flag of racing radio, the DJ Music Man, and the Tasmanian Devil of Flaggers. Here's your host, Chris, Chris and Tad. All right, right. New York, folks. (laughs) But we are live, I think, unless he just muted me again. All right. So it was a hell of a weekend, not who we expected to get eliminated, not who we called to get eliminated, but uh, the candy man is out. The chase, of course, I said he'd probably do it of, on his own just to, just to piss off Joe Gibbs Racing, but uh, nope. Joe Gibbs did it for him. Two engine failures in three races kind of doesn't do well for your championship hopes. So I wonder if Joe Gibbs did it to him instead. Uh, Taz, you there? Craig, I hear you. Do you got me? Yep. All right. All right. Figuring this out slowly but surely. <laughs> all right. Well, if, you know, if you didn't have all that facial hair, you'd be able to see the buttons. Hey, 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 now. So, uh, yeah, so Kyle Busch eliminated. Joe Gibbs did it to him. They uh, blew two motors in three races. You can't blow two motors in three races and expect to continue on in the chase. Well, you had to. Well, you got to think. Um, there's got to be something where I think part of this is kind of fallen as retaliation in a way. But how can you retaliate when uh, Gibbs is the one that basically kind of let you go? Yeah, but Kyle said in the beginning of the year that he knew that he wasn't going to be back, and that Ty was going to be in the 18 car in 2023. So I have to wonder, because, you know, I'm only part of the uh, uh, conspiracy theorists here on Race Chat Live. Chris Creighton's not the – Chris Creighton is the other one. You were kind of the uh, – the yeah, you're kind of the mediator and don't want to piss anybody off. So – but you have to think, if he knew at the beginning of the year, he didn't have a stellar championship year. We have big deal. He won the Bristol Dirt Race. A blind squirrel catches a nut every once in a while. By but, luck. He won that by luck. If it weren't for okay. Bristol and Reddick doing their thing in turns three and four, oh, he would not have won that. And he even said no. himself he wouldn't have. He he said himself that he didn't think he was the winning card. Listen, my the biggest surprise, I think, coming out of the first three races of the chase is the fact that Cindric is still in. When I said at Daytona, nah, yeah, that was a wasted win. So now he's going in at around the 12. We're going to talk about that probably in the top at the top of the hour at nine o'clock. But um, you know, I just think it's I just think it's funny that you know that the contenders that you thought were going to be in there. Um, I'm not too sure how shocked you are about Harvick. I'm not really. I mean, uh, well, SHR hasn't had their shit together all year. 
I'm not entirely shocked. I I think I'm an, I think where it's shocking me is that he won uh his two races, so I figured, you know, he would have went on a hot streak and then like playoffs started and he hit this giant slump all over again. And yeah, it was usually like when you have the momentum mud. going usually when you have momentum going you just keep it rolling. Sorry about that. Say that again. I feel like with Harvick, where the part where I'm shocked is that he had his two races, two races won back to back, and he kept a decent streak going. So and usually when you want when you go into the playoffs, you want that sort of streak. But it wasn't. But playoffs started and he just bombshelled. Well. But you can't. But there's Think one race you can't really had, entirely blame him. Think about it. He's had nothing but parts failures. That's what I'm saying. It's not entirely his fault, but in a sense, you know, got to find something. I said this earlier, and you guys kind of like you. You were the one that you said in in the group text. And I said about Kevin or Tony Stewart being at the flat track because his wife is running running uh, top fuel dragsters, I think. And that's where his priority is at. His priority needs to be at his cup team. They're the ones suffering. His wife, he don't – what does he know about straight line racing? He's only there, in my opinion, because she said be there. Well, dude, when you're writing checks for um, three cup teams and they're struggling as bad as they are all year long, in my opinion, you need to be at the oval track. Those guys need your expertise. You You can employ the best people, but you know what? They don't have your experience as far as that goes, and that's my opinion. I mean, I'd love to hear what you have to say, but. No, I I agree with you, but also in the sense that, you know, he's got other obligations too and priorities, but if you're at the point where, say for NHRA, if you're, like, say, in a point hunt, stronger point hunt than versus the NASCAR hunt, then I would be there, you know, trying to motivate your team. But if it, but I would be at the track where you have one driver who's in a must-win situation. You have another driver who's trying to, you know, advance himself too. A young guy who especially looks up to you. You've got to be there and root these guys on and push them. And say, look, listen, we need to be on our A game because if something messes up, we're done. Especially with one of our teams, we need to put as many SHR cars as far in the playoffs as we can. Well, and that's that's that was what my comment was about earlier in the group chat was the fact that he's not. It doesn't seem like priorities are where they need to be. You got guys battling for a championship. Sure, it's in the round of sixteen, but. You've got you've got guys battling. They need your expertise. And that's all, you know, 
I understand yeah, he, his standpoint. But how much time does he spend at Eldora over in Ohio? And that place is successful. So he's got what to, else you got on He's got to find some sort of balance, I think. So what else we got on tap? I think Harvick being eliminated uh, was bad. Kyle Busch being eliminated was bad. Yeah. Um, Truex had part failures, and he jumped on board with Harvick on that one. Somebody caught the video of him flipping off the car. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, that. I, I don't see what good... laughed at it. I don't... I don't understand what good flipping off your car does, but when I used to bowl in a league, I'd throw a bad shot, and I'd and I'd give the double finger salute three quarters away down the lane because I knew it. And it, no, I never kicked a return. But um, no, because I didn't. I had to be able to walk at least. I just went to the bar and drank one. Um, yes, I just you know. There, NASCAR has had way too many parts failures this year, and here's what I'm getting at. They're a single, it's a single-source supplier. All right? For people that are listening, either he, at home or during the podcast or when they re-listen to it on the 18 avenues they can listen to it on, single-source simply means this. It's exactly what it says. It's a single-source supplier. They contract one company to make power steering pumps and power steering pieces. They do one for every. They do a everything for everything else. Well, if that's failing, there is a problem in the manufacturer, and NASCAR needs to get their head out of their ass and figure out what it is, what the problem is, because. It would really suck if these 30, 38 drivers or whatever decide one weekend, you know what, we're not driving these things, ain't safe. Well, I found something on NASCAR.com, and its headliner is NASCAR official addresses next-gen issues at Bristol. Mm-hmm. And basically, it says Scott Miller, Senior Vice President of Competition with NASCAR, made his remarks during a Tuesday morning appearance on Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. Came three days after Saturday's Bass Pro Shops uh, night race at the Tennessee Half Mile Track. And he mentions eight of the 36 drivers were not running at the finish of the 500 lap event three of the six toyota teams experienced issues with power steering failure and a fourth which is kyle bush which was sidelined by engine engine trouble those problems were which were compounded by tire issues on the high bank layout prompted criticism from several drivers about the design of the next gen racer which may debut this season miller answered those two Tuesday, borrowing a phrase used by Kevin Harvick at Darlington and parroted Saturday night by Truex, Bristol's last place finisher after power, power steering woes. And he quotes, 
Bristol is definitely a unique load case, and some things cropped up with the steering that were not expected. But honestly, no excuse. But, you know, with the newness of this car and the newness of everything, I think that it's not acceptable to have problems. But it's probably part of the learning process for us all. All the teams and OEMs were involved with the RFP, which is Request for Proposal Process, when we chose the parts. So everybody's got a stake in this. And it's not just NASCAR choosing, quote, unquote, crappy parts. Mom, do you want me to do it? Okay, but uh, so everybody has a stake in it. Everybody has a piece of the puzzle. I guess my question is this. Then where does the blame lie? Scott's all, uh, Mr. Miller's obviously saying that it's unacceptable. You do enough testing of this car. You've done enough testing in the three years of development. Because if we remember, it was supposed to launch 2021. Okay, but because of COVID-19, they put it off until 2021, or 22, rather. I'm sorry. And I understand that they're talking about loads, and they're talking about this, and they're talking, but you do enough in a simulation. You do enough in simulation that you should be able to figure this out. And... It seems like now these parts are costing these teams more and more money when this new car was designed to save car owners money. And, you know, NASCAR's got to figure figure it out. they got two months to figure it out during the offseason. When you're blowing two engines in a, in a race weekend, that's, you know, getting back to the engines. That's more of a TRD issue than it is. And you can bet over in, in California Monday morning, there was conference call after conference call after conference call of wanting to know why these engines blew. Like, why did it happen? Do you think you'll ever hear the did real he reason it happened? Yeah. Well, look, he blew a motor. He blew a motor at um, Darlington. Under under caution. Three engines in a month? I mean, that's, that's a lot of engines. I mean, that's a lot of money down the drain for a power plant. Right. I mean, Kyle Butch is a powerhouse at Bristol, just like Teresa just said. Oh, God, and, yeah. You know, I thought you were. So... You know, it just it, it it just doesn't sit well. And I'm not a Kyle Bush fan and just because he's going to Chevy does not mean that I'm gonna sit here and fly a Kyle Bush banner. Um but I did hear something interesting and I don't know if I shared it in the group chat while we were away. And if I didn't, I apologize. But I heard I know I was telling Teresa this in the car, I heard that M&M backed out because they only want to sponsor Kyle. They don't want to sponsor anybody else. And if Kyle wasn't going to be in the 18 car in 2023, then they were backing out. Now, whether or not that's true, I don't know. That's a lot of 
that's a lot of rumor and innuendo. And I mean, I don't know if you want to start unpacking that package to talk about it, but it just seems weird that that's, that's a big he's not one coming that, back and they stop sponsoring. That's a big one, and essentially, uh, that kind of pleads the case of. Joe Gibbs really setting up Kyle Bush for failure. And when he says um, some that we're still looking for sponsorship, he pretty much lied to the media in a sense. And Kyle Bush pretty much said it straight out, right? Like when he was asked, you have any updates and stuff? And when he answers, ask Joe Gibbs, he literally means ask Joe Gibbs. Gibbs got all the answers that he doesn't. We all thought Kyle Bush, in a way, was uh, playing the media, which he was, but there was actually a part where he actually wasn't. And he literally said, ask Joe Gibbs, and Joe Gibbs had the answers. I think some of these people didn't understand that. Well, Gibbs had the answers. He just didn't want to let it out of the bag yet. But as we said last week, um, that was the biggest work in NASCAR history um, because for months we we wondered what it was going to be, where he was going to go. Was he going to stay there? And uh, not what I wanted. And it turned out that he uh, <clears throat> he wasn't staying there, and he knew all along. He just was trying to uh, um, let he was doing what essentially Joe Gibbs wanted him to do. There was a huge oh, announcement oh, at a trackhouse racing today. I'm trying to find it. I want to see what it is. Um, well, I just I just caught this one here, Craig. You know how uh, Darlington, we, you know, had issues with yellow flags? Yep. One of the topics uh, Miller hit upon in the same article was um, about caution flags and the timing of them. And he answered that to basically say every incident is unique. Every visual that we have on an incident is also unique. We don't have 36 set of eyes glued to each and every car. We have a bunch of us up there that kind of act as spotters. We don't always see the beginning of an incident, and we have to point that out. Whoever sees it points it out to the race director. The race director analyzes the situation as he sits and puts a caution out at his discretion on what he sees. Now, we don't have the ability to obviously watch replays and watch the incidents. Cautions are pretty, you know, they're a quick call, and there are going to be some judgment in those no matter how you look at it. So I would love to say that I would love to be able to define what creates a caution and what doesn't, but it's impossible because everything is, every incident is completely different from the last one and completely different from the next one. But that doesn't answer, like, he's right in a sense, but he's not really answering the, que- the real question. I mean, shoot, Kevin Harvick is blasting out fire, and it took him 20 hours to throw a yellow out. 
but shoot, we get a single car spin and we're immediately throwing the yellow out. So he didn't really like answer the question to the full extent that people are, I'm pretty sure, wondering about the timing of the cautions. Well, here is what I understand with the timing of the caution. See if I got you unmuted. I didn't. From what I understand with the timing of the caution, if a car spins and there is no one around them and they don't go in the infield and they can get going on their own power and they don't lose parts, NASCAR will not necessarily throw a caution. <clears throat> when Keselowski blew his engine this past weekend, there were three cars behind him, three wide. That is why they threw the caution. So, but I've seen him throw caution for a piece of paper on the track. Yeah, but if you don't know what it is, it could potentially be, right? Yeah, but if it's if it's bouncing around, it it's a cup. It's a it's a hot dog wrapper. So <laughs> we're gonna throw a caution for that, but we won't throw a caution for a single car spin. Treason knows as good as anybody. Bristol's a fast track. You're around that thing in 11 seconds. I can't run to the bathroom and smoke a cigarette in less than 11 seconds. <laughs> you know, so by the time that thing, by the time that car spins, you get Bristol and Martinsville. Same, same type of track, but yet different. 17 seconds to get around Martinsville. But everybody is, and that's where they're different besides the shape. But you start lapping people real quick at both those tracks. So you're going to catch a car behind you. I think if a car spins, no matter if it's a single car, if it's a single car with nobody around, I'll throw the caution. The cars on the track are moving a hell of a lot faster than that car spinning only going to take one time for somebody to seriously get hurt and have another catastrophe like Earnhardt for NASCAR to go, hey, we need to throw cautions now. They throw cautions for bullshit. Throw it when a car spins. So, well, this is all. This I will, is all I'll get, go ahead. I will throw in my race director hat for a quick second because um, I I hear what you're saying, Craig, and to an extent I agree. For single car spins, depending on the situation, they have to play it out. But if there's a situation like, say, for instance, where they're off the racing surface, but they're not like in a safe area, they're going to have to throw the yellow. But in the instance, as you mentioned, like Brad Keselowski saying blowing a motor, and all of a sudden you have oncoming traffic and Brad can't get low enough to safety, they have to throw the immediate yellow. What annoys me in the sense is that Darlington, you had a single car spin where you immediately threw the yellow out, where instead of trying to maybe play out the scenario, see what would happen, they just threw it out immediately. Whereas Kevin Harvick, I'm sorry, a car on fire you should be treated as if a car flipped over. That's where you immediately throw 
the yellow that goes right into red. There's no questions asked. There shouldn't have been a time where, oh, well, let's see if Kevin Harvick will pull into the pit road and safely. And no, his car's on fire. Throw something out to stop everything. Because you don't know where that car's going to stop. You don't know where, what, how worse that fire's going to get. And you don't know how many people you could possibly harm. I agree with you, Taz. I think that, you know, NASCAR likes to say, well, cautions breed cautions. Yeah, especially in the late stages of a race. They're running for a championship. They're running for they're running for a championship. You know, another big thing that was brought up, I don't know where we're at on our itinerary because we really didn't have one. Um, I could have made one up on the fly. Um. Another thing that was brought up was team orders. They will tell you there's no team orders in NASCAR, and 2311 will say they don't. They don't. They're their own team, and they don't have team orders. But I heard, and I don't know if it's. It might be just rumor. How do you not have team orders? Bubba Wallace. Hold on. Bubba Wallace was chastised for passing Kyle Busch the way he did. Because Kyle missed it, missed making the next round by a measly two points. Kyle went home afterward. Now, here's something I want you to think about. And uh, you put on, somebody else has a bad wreck. One of the contenders. Now you're in. You're already in North Carolina or wherever the hell you live. NASCAR fine does would would NASCAR fine him for not being there because he's supposed to do the top twelve press conference after the race. You know, then he'd have to do that. I'm only here so I don't get fined uh, line again. But go ahead. Team orders my rear. I mean, how do you? How can you sit there and say there there's no team orders? There's got to be team orders. Come on. I mean, shoot, you got, I mean, shoot, you have team orders and manufacturer uh, orders when it comes to these super speedway races like Daytona, Talladega, and I I guess you can throw Atlanta into this mix now, but there's got to be team orders somewhere. that That sounds like a load of crap to me. I mean, Bubba should have, if Bubba was told, Basically, screw the 18, I'm going to next round. Okay, whatever. But, like, in the same sense, why are you telling him to do so? Hello, one, Toyota. So, Toyota's going to be ticked off. Two, Bubba's already into the next round of the owner's playoffs with the 45 card. So, what did that have to do with freaking anything? That was the I love getting you riled up. Yeah, did you hear what I said? No. I love getting I love getting you riled up. We're sixteen hundred <laughs> miles away from each other and I can and I can see your facial expression. I mean I really can't because we're on the phone. But I can just right. imagine what they are. Hey, do you want to go on a cruise? No, he's not. He's not dancing to rhinestone cowgirl. Hey, Taz, you wanna go on a cruise? <laughs> 
if it's already paid yes for. or no. <laughs> well, here, listen. Trackhouse Racing and Princess Cruises have teamed up to win a cruise, oh. win a free cruise for two. You got to cruise through the playoffs. No purchase is necessary to win. You have to be a legal U.S. Re- Are you legal? Do you have your green card? Uh, am I allowed to say this over the live no, you're radio not. networks? No, you're not. <laughs> so, yeah. So apparently the big announcement, because I can't see anything else on Trackhouse Racing's website, is that they're, it's a cruise to the playoffs with Princess. Race fans can enter to win one of ten cruises for two with Princess Cruise Lines when either of the Trackhouse drivers of the 99 or the 1 finish in the top 10 throughout all 10 playoff races. So, I mean, unless their IT department is really slow at getting stuff out, that is the newest thing that I have seen on, that I see on their website. They do have a nice website though, but uh, this is, uh, um, it's a nice, it's a nice website. What else we got, Tasman? Oh, boy. We had Xfinity go down. Oh, look at this. Dinger more intense than ever chasing title. Maybe because he's not having a hot year like he did last year. I thought maybe you were. I thought when you said, oh, look at this, I thought maybe you'd seen a squirrel. <laughs> not yet. Oh, let's see. Even with his regular season title, Almondinger's wins this season have only come on road courses at the Circuit Americas, Portland, Indianapolis, which is why entering the 2022 postseason, he says he's upping the ante. Well, maybe you should if you've only won on road courses. I think they only have one road course during the playoffs, so something's got to change. Hey, coming up at the top of the hour, Race Chat Live fans, well, Taz is putting together his next sentence. Um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the uh who we think is gonna be eliminated. At least two drivers in the round of twelve. And I say it again, I'm I'm surprised as hell that Cendric is is uh still in the in the playoffs, but I don't think he will be. Um yeah. I'll explain my reasonings because I had a tough time trying to figure out who I wanted eliminated. Not going to lie. It was, uh, but Suarez, I'm not going to lie, Suarez kind of shocked me. I mean, he's had his perform- great, good performances, but I felt like he was a little on the inconsistent side, so that's why I felt like he would have been eliminated here, but we'll get further into that, but yeah, that we totally bombshelled on the first round, though, as a group. Going back and look at it, because wow. Yeah, we did, but you know what? That's why it's a guessing game. I mean, look here. Here is your round of. Here's your bottom four. Right now, Cindric. He's seven points out. Everybody's favorite Mexican at the RCL, or at the 110, Daniel Suarez. He's six points out. Amigo. Amigo. 
Your boy, Alex Bowman, six points out. Briscoe, four points out. Now, could all that change this weekend at uh, Texas? Yep. I feel like Dave from uh, Storage Wars. Yep. You know, Bell was leading the points for a while. Two weeks. What have you done for me lately, C-Bell? Blaney. I'm shocked he's still there. Um, but, you know, we're going to talk about that. Now I want to hear what you have to say, Taz, because I think it's interesting. Oh, no, because um, I guess the Xfinity playoffs start this weekend. Because uh, yep. Crystal was their last regular season race. And looking at the Xfinity points, it's looking like Gregson, uh, on top of the charts, he is 13 points ahead of Ty Gibbs right now, 18 ahead of Allgaier, 19 ahead of Allmendinger. Then you have a little bit of a gap um, with Josh Berry in fifth, 29 behind Gregson. Austin Hill sixth, uh, 35 behind. Brandon Jones in seventh, and Jeremy Clements above the cutoff line, and right before them, uh, under the cutoff line, is Sam Mayer, who's actually tied with Clements in points, but because Clements has that win, there's that tiebreaker. Um, yep. Hemrick is two points underneath, Herbst is three points underneath, and Sieg is four points underneath. So really, if you get away from the top two, you can argue top four. Basically, who's who there, so... I'm starting to wonder if we're really seeing a giant parody this year in terms of uh, in terms of all three series. Because, I mean, go back to Bristol. Ty Majewski won his first race in the National Series. I believe it's his first uh, win in the National NASCAR Series and this past weekend at Bristol. And he's now in the Championship 4 for the Truck Series which right now Chandler Smith, Zane Smith, and Stuart Friesen are sitting in the good. But Chandler Smith, Chandler and Zane Smith uh, both have a 20-point, uh, I don't want to say deficit, but I don't want to say cushion either. They have a, I guess you could say gaps to work with, whereas Stewie, he's nine points in the good. But you have Nemechek who's nine points out behind him, 13. Uh, Christian Eckes is 13 behind. In fingers, 15 behind. Ben Rhodes is 18 behind. So we're coming up to we're really in a wild card of a race season this year, amongst the top three of our series. But well, Cup Series has really been the giant wild card, being that we have what is it, 19 winners now and. Almost 30 races. Yeah, and I remember saying, I'd have to go back and listen to last week's show, but I could have sworn I said yet again we were going to have another non-chase driver uh, win. And it's getting pretty scary. You could almost call me the Nascardamus. Because now... Let's think about this for a second, if you will. This weekend, we roll into Texas. What does Kevin Harvick, 
and Kyle Busch all have both have in common. They both have won there. Besides that, they have nothing to lose. They're not in the chase. They have nothing to lose. So it's balls to the wall racing for them to this weekend. Jose, <laughs> they're not racing. They're, gonna, they're not racing for a championship. They're, they're racing, racing just the same pace. Right. So they're just racing a safe face and and try to finish well in um the season to go to wherever it is, Las Vegas for the for the ceremony and sit closer uh, to the front of the table. Oh, I don't know where they do like their awards and stuff like that. Well, it oh, used I to be in it used to be in New York. It used to be in New York at the Waldorf for story of back uh, decades ago. But <clears throat> they have nothing to prove to nobody now. Not a damn thing. So okay. guess what? Harvick's, Harvick's no contract can, here, really. Kyle Busch is set for RCR in Chevy, so, I mean... It's points for them at this point. Try to get up right. to, what is it, four, fifth in points now? Because top four, just basically wherever you finish. Right. But now they can now they can run. Now they don't have, they're not running for points is what I'm getting at. They're running for points, but they're not running for the championship. So all pressure nope. is somewhat off of them. I mean, if Chris was here, I'm sure he would disagree. Or he may agree and surprise me, but wouldn't it be funny if if Kyle Busch was able to reel off a win this weekend just because? Like, I think I think Harvick um, right now there's no pressure for him, and Kyle Busch has nothing to lose really. He's I think Kyle Busch is going to ride it out not really push much of the issue. He knows that the 18 and I think honestly, I think Kyle Busch really has no pressure at all. I think he's just going to ride it out. Harvick on the other hand, he's coming back to Stuart Haas, coming back to the four car. So I feel like there's still a monkey on his back in a sense. Uh, but I just honestly, but like you said, they don't have, they don't have much to lose, but I think there's a little bit more added on to Harvick than Kyle Busch because Kyle Busch is going completely different direction, whereas Harvick's staying in his camp right. where. So. No, and I and I agree with you, Taz. I agree that I'm just thinking they can they can um, throw a little more caution to the wind. Hell, Tony Stewart ain't paying attention to his NASCAR team. That's evident. So you know what? Drive it like you stole it. Drive the wheels off of it. Bring home a a win. If not for uh, Stewart Haas racing, but for for yourself and knowing that you can do this. Well, I'm going to throw you another wrench in this one. 
Harvick is going to have a little bit of pressure there, too, because his teammate, Chase Briscoe, is still in it. So you know damn well they're going to tell Harvick, race for points, but let's see if we can help our teammate Briscoe in the sense because of the team deal. They're going to do it. I have a feeling they are. Oh, there will be team orders for that. Oh, yes, there will be. Push Briscoe further ahead. You know, but, you know, you know what's lost in all of this? You know what's lost in all of this talk? We have failed to mention who won the race this past weekend at Bristol. Busher. That kid hadn't won in 222 races from 2016. The only driver that has a longer streak in between races is Bill Elliott from 1994 to, I believe it was 2000 or 2001. 226 races. I mean, hats off to Booker. He didn't, he didn't back into this win. Like you might say he did it the Pocono win with the rain. He actually, he led between him and Keselowski. They led over half the races, half the laps Saturday night at Bristol. That, my friend, says a lot about RFK and the strides that they have made in 2022 to be a solid race team. Yeah, Brad was up against the wall with the uh, penalty at Daytona where he lost 100 driver's points and 100 owner's points. But once he knew his back was against the wall, he made sure that 17 car had what it needed each and every week to be competitive. And so did he. But on the flip side of that, he made sure that his driver had just well, as good of equipment, if not better. Well, I remember seeing something earlier. Uh, Keselowski mentioned that when he headed over to Roush and started taking things over and was making a comment about Busher, he made the comment saying when the 21 car was open and Busher was a free agent, Chris Busher should have been the first person they signed to the 21 car. And he should have been there for a reason. He knew potential. He knew Busher has potential and his main focus. But I mean, obviously Keselowski is going to have his own focus as a driver, but as an owner, he, his mentality was what do we need to do to get Busher to where he should be? Because right now he is, he is overperforming equipment. And if we can get him the right equipment, he's going to go places. And he's right there. And I think Keselowski, they had a a slow start. Got to admit it. But they're, they're getting there. Keselowski's making the moves and we're seeing it. Now, um, the other thing, you mentioned that stat, as we can basically say stat of the day at this point, um, in terms of Chris Busher's, um gap from his last win to this win. That during, I have to double, let me double check this again, and I believe it was 
fully right. The race at Bristol this past weekend um, had 12 lead changes and only four of them happened under the green. Amazing. 12 lead changes of four under green. And here we go. Green flag passes, all right? There's 2,690 green flag passes. 6.4 were under the green flag lap on average. So when people say you can't pass with this car, that's a bunch of shit. We're missing the eight ball here somewhere. We really are. I guess I'm just confused as to why people say you can't pass with this car. and I'm pretty sure I heard that quite a bit this season so far. I mean, I I may be wrong. You can say crappy parts. You can also say, um, you say crappy parts. You can say uh, too many spec uh, parts, whatever you want to throw in the thing, but I don't mind the the equal part of it, but there's gotta have there's gotta be a little bit of um, in years past where the stronger teams need to perform and that kind of deal. That I mean, shoot, we're seeing Rick Ware racing, who usually sits in the back of the pack, all of a sudden running top twenty at Bristol. Well, yeah, but it, you know, it goes back to the whole thing. We gotta. We're coming up on the top of the hour here. Um, This car was to level the playing field. Well, it's done just that with teams like Rick Ware Racing, who can't get out of their own way half the time, um, and they're able to run well. So, yes, the car there is doing its job, but... With with numerous part failures, it just makes it very difficult to get excited about this car on a wholesale basis. As I said earlier, NASCAR needs to do something to make changes to this thing in the off season. What it is, I don't know, but they need to do something. Now, I know we're supposed to do check a flag, black flag segment, right? Yep. All right, so I'm going to give you my checkered flag. My checkered flag goes to Kyle Busch. You want to know why? Whoa, 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 Craig, are you okay before you ask? Oh, uh, no, I'm fine. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm fine. Here's why I, here's why I say my checkered flag goes to Kyle Busch. The car blows again. Okay. Gets out of the car. He goes into the hauler. He comes back out. Does his media obligation. He says, I'm going to the house. I'm going home to the family. He didn't lose his cool. He didn't blame anybody. He simply said, I'm going to the house. That there 
the Kyle Bush of two years ago, that would have been all bad. The Kyle Bush of a year ago, that would have been all bad. He'd have come out of the holler. He'd have stood there. They'd have stuck a hot mic in his in his face, and he'd have said, "Listen, I'm only here so I don't get fined. I'm only here so I don't get fined." He legit came out, took care of what he needed to take care of, and then went home. You know, kudos to him because, like I said, it could have been handled a lot different. My black flag goes to NASCAR. There is no reason this far in the game, 29 races into the season, that there should be multiple engines, multiple steering boxes going bad. This should have been taken care of when it first started happening. And I understand things happen. But now it's getting to the point to where it's ruining driver seasons because it's happening so often. Taz, what do you got, buddy? Boy, I'm going to say checker flag goes out to RFK as a whole organization. As I said earlier, the slow start did happen, but Keselowski's focus as an owner says something. He knew Busher had the talent and was very capable of running in top equipment if he was given to it. If he was giving it to him, not, I don't really want to say given, but that's the only thing I can think of right now. And he's shown it time and time again that this guy can really run with some of our big names. And Keselowski has been backing him up since he's taken him over. And he's blatantly outright said this guy should have been in the Wood Brothers 21 car a number of years ago when he had the chance. And somebody blew it. Um, black, black flag. Oh, geez. It's going to have to be NASCAR and trying to figure out what the heck needs to be done with these next-gen cars. I understand they're still in the learning process of these things, but they really need to nail a lot of these big issues down big time. I mean, the longest stretch of green flag laps that was run was 76. And that was towards the end of the race. Between, oh, I think it was like just under 150 to go to about, shoot, I think about, with about 60 laps left or something like that. I might have my math off a bit, but. Well, I just I, I just think NASCAR needs, you know, here's the thing. NASCAR will penalize you if you do the same thing over and over again. Like the lug nut violation. Of course, there is a suspension. Somebody's losing a crew chief for the weekend. I forget for the next couple of weeks, and I forget who it is. Um, I'll know in a minute. Um Oh, Ryan Blaney loses his crew chief, Jonathan Hauser, Hassler for four races. 
they lost, they're penalizing him for a lost wheel during last Saturday's cup race at Bristol, right? Where the hell is NASCAR's penalty for all these parts defects and these fires in these cars? Huh? Makes you wonder. But go ahead. No, then you hit it right there in the mark. I mean... We're going to penalize teams for losing a tire, but you can't get cars safely, safe, safe enough for these guys. This pisses me off. What grinds Craig's gears while well, you just heard it? <laughs> it's right. like... It's... it's I'm trying to best summarize it like this. You tell Lily, Taz, you and Bree tell Lily, don't do that. You're going to get hurt. Or you tell Brantley, don't do that. You're going to get hurt. Then they do it. You penalize them when they get hurt, and then they get in trouble. But then you go and do the same thing, and who is policing you? Make sense? Yep. No, you've got the perfect reference right there. Sometimes I'm smarter than... Sometimes I'm smarter than I get credit. Uh, say, don't say the average pair. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Listen, I will tell you this, though, real quick. No, not racing related. Obviously, as you know, we were up north last weekend. And uh, it was cold, dude. Yeah, no kidding. You may, you may not have thought so, but I thought it was cold. No, While we were gone. Of things. While we were gone, God cried in Florida because we were gone. It rained the entire time we were here. We were gone. Um, you know, it rained here in LaBelle and Moorhaven and things like that. So, you know, God was upset we weren't here, and he cried. I'm probably going to hell for that statement. But, uh, yeah, it was cold up there, dude. Y'all can have Oh, it. yeah, it was. Friday Friday night when I was at a Jason Aldean concert, I ended up wearing uh, two sweatshirts that night, and that's that's a rarity. Well, listen, I got to ask you, what did you think of Mr. Aldean in concert? He put on one heck of a show. Not gonna lie. See, I didn't. I seen him one time, and I didn't like him. But he may have changed in from, four or five years. Well, from what. Uh, Bree said she'd seen him once before and she wasn't too big on his show. And then after this past weekend, she said he put on one hell of a show. So he, so if that doesn't say anything to you, Craig, you, you might want to go check it out yourself if you get a chance to. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I just wanted to digress or, or get away from racing for a minute, but it's nine o'clock. It's actually nine oh six. Maybe we can get out of here a little bit early if Chris doesn't join us. Um, let's talk about who you and I think, and I, I hope you wrote them down because 
I can't access them right now. But I sure who did. You, and, uh, uh, you know who you and I think are going to be eliminated after this next round. And I think I think our guy, the one I picked, that you and I agree on, I think he's going to eliminate himself after Talladega because in this round you have two wild card races. You have two wild card races. You have Talladega and you have the Roval, the Charlotte Roval. Now they've raced on this track three or four times now. So these guys understand it. The guys that have done it before. And they've got they've got the simulators, so the iRacing, so they're able to uh, simulate it as much as possible. Which kind of goes back to the whole NASCAR thing with their power steering issues. Um, they're going to have right, so. uh, it's going to be a lot of it's a big test for them it's a wild card anything can happen and I think if Cendric doesn't get his head out of his rear end at Talladega if he gets caught in something big in Texas and then has a bad um, a bad race at uh, or a good race at Dega and a bad race at the Roval, he's all done. Because you got Texas, well, Charlotte, or it, Texas, Talladega, and then Charlotte. So you have Cindric, Briscoe, Bell, Blaney, where I have Suarez, Briscoe, Bowman, Cindric. Um, Cindric, I literally have is just barely making it through, or make or just being eliminated. Uh, Talladega kind of plays into him being that he's not that he's actually got a decent record for super speedway races, and of course he's got a he's got a decent pretty good record for road courses. So Charlotte Roval will play into his factor. The thing that questions me is Texas, and that's where I got iffy. Like, his mile-and-a-half racetracks, like, there's times where he's shown um, good results, and there's times where he hasn't. So, I just, I don't see good consistency out of that one. Um, Bowman, his only legit shot of trying to help himself, really, is Charlotte Roval. Uh, If I look at stats and whatever. Suarez, nothing to convince me of anything. Briscoe, really nothing to convince me of anything. Um, but Cindric, I just, I barely, um, just barely eliminate. And who I have right there that's on the bubble, quite honestly, is actually William Byron. Interesting. But Byron's mile and a half program has been right there for the most part. Although he has been although he was quiet uh towards the end of the regular season. But being in this first round we had Darlington and Kansas, uh, which helped him immensely after those two races. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna hope the thing that he'll take that momentum and ride it into into Texas. Um, even though Talladega 
He's average. Charlotte Rollful, about average. So, really, the only le- so really it came down for Byron and Cindric for me, and I had just had to go with Byron on the mile and a half process, where I feel like Cindric is not quite there. Yeah, I just I, I said from the very start of the year that I didn't think Cindric was going to make it out of the top. Or he was going to make it out of the top sixteen and move on. Now, I will admit I was wrong, but I think that he was helped by Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch. Um, I think if they would have had decent finishes, excuse me, if he would have had, if they would have had decent finishes, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. That's my Yeah, opinion. I would have to agree with you on that one. I mean, and again, I, I hate it for Kyle Bush. Kyle Bush, out of all of them, because I figured he'd want to sabotage his own season, not have it sabotaged for him. Kind of reminds me of DEI and Dale Earnhardt Jr. Because I'm sorry. It just, again, it just seems awfully funny. Um,. So, based on what we have, we have Cedric and Briscoe, two votes, and then we put Bell, Blaney, Suarez, and Bowman, uh, obviously with one vote each. So, if we had to eliminate two people with just the two of us right now, we are saying goodbye, uh, Cedric, goodbye, goodbye Briscoe. Right. No, and I and I agree. I think that uh I think that a lot of stuff is going to unpack this weekend in uh in uh Texas. I'm still have you heard anything? I know we're getting off of this, but I think we're almost done with this subject. If I'm not, stop if we're not, stop me. Um have you heard anything else as far as the all-star race for North Wilkesboro, how they're progressing with things over up there? I have no idea. I haven't heard much of anything really in terms of that. All right. Yeah. They made the announcement and then it kind of went radio silent. So but, I was just, um, for right now, as far as I'm noticing for um, the roundtable discussion, pretty much, um, we have, right now we have Chase Elliott, Joey Logano, Ross Chastain, uh, let's see, Kyle Larson, William Byron, uh, Denny Hamlin. So that's one, two, three, four. That's six drivers. So again, we're down to two spots, and we have a number of drivers still open for that. <laughs> oh no, this is going to be a. Uh... Now, this is going to be a hell of a round of twelve. Um, 
for sure. Well, you're definitely not wrong there. You know. Because, I mean, shoot, we got, I mean, this is what it came down to the last time. We had two drivers or two spots with multiple drivers that could easily fill in that spot. And we all made arguments, fair arguments about uh, as to why uh, so-and-so can and can't make it move, uh, make it into the next round or whatever. But, um, no, this is the part where we struggled at times too because we hit upon, well, we'll explain some of the drivers here first as to why we kept them safe. Obviously, Chase Elliott doing uh, Chase Elliott things right now. Um, he's got a little bit of, he's the only driver with any sort of gap, um, between his teeth or point blank. Oh, you're a funny guy, aren't you? (laughs) I try. (laughs) Go ahead. I'm sorry. But Chief Elliott, basically, obviously top guy, top gun all season with, um, with how he's performing so far. Um, in terms of Joey Logano, he's been the top Penske guy all year long. Uh, Shastain, um, I think right now drivers are not going to give him uh, his payback dividends just yet. I think they're going to save it for the round of eight where it really counts. Um so I think he's safe for this round. Kyle Larson, um, Texas, if, they, if he can get that outside groove cooking, we know he'll be pretty well at that. And he's won a, um, a road course this year. So Charlotte uh, shouldn't be bad at all for him. And Denny Hamlin, um, I'm on Denny Hamlin. And he's okay at these three tracks. Um, Blaney has a good shot with Talladega and Charlotte Roval, which was why I did not put him in the elimination part because he's won at both of those tracks, uh, especially Talladega. I think he's won like two or three of the last like handful of times we've been there at this same time. So, uh, and plus Blaney's always been a pretty good, uh, super speedway racer. So that's why I didn't eliminate him. Um, Christopher Bell, he's been on a hot streak as of lately, and he was even leading points, as you mentioned earlier, Craig. Um, Right. He was even leading the points in the round of 16. And I'm feeling like if he keeps that hot streak going, he might find himself into the round of 12, or round of 8, I should say. And, but... He's got to figure out how can we cross over the hot streak of great finishes into wins, and I feel like he might be able to escape out of the round of twelve again, or yeah, out of the round of twelve. But um, he's got to find that checker flag once more, at least. Yeah, no, I agree. If he wants to be, if he doesn't want to be considered. If he doesn't want Daytona to be a fluke win, and I was there, it was not a fluke win. He he did well. But, I mean, and I guess if you're going to have a win considered a fluke win, Daytona is the one to have. 
because you'll be forever a Daytona 500 winner. And he was the first oh, winner no. in the next game. Oh, and no. A paid you, point uh, you're talking about the wrong driver. You're talking about Cindric, not Bell. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was still on the, uh, what's it called? No, Bell's definitely got to get. Uh, De- Bell's definitely got ha- has got to get uh, good. I mean, he's got to get consistent. I mean, he had to look. He just needs to win. Yeah, well, he does. However, you've got to have all of it in order to take it serious. And who knows what what they have to do to get him there. Um, you know, it, it'll take some time, I'm sure. Uh, but you know, sorry, I totally lost track of my train of thought. It's it's an age no. thing. Has Chris joined no, us yet? No good there. What's that? Has Chris joined us yet? Um, no, he has not. Uh, hey, um, is it still cold up there? Um, I think we're, we had a bunch of rain yesterday. We had a little bit of rain today. Um, we, it was a bit on the warm side though, in terms of uh, yesterday, uh, today was, was actually comfortable. I would it wasn't like too hot, but it wasn't like too cold. Um, we're gonna be hitting um, high forties, low fifties in the next few days. So, and hopefully, well, I'll uh, tell you what. Right now, right now in my neck of the woods, it's seventy-five degrees. Just so you know. But I was in I was in your old employer this evening, real quick on the way back from picking up. Teresa's mom at urgent or at the hospital and uh, I needed a coat on in, in Walmart. It was chilly. I mean, it was cold in it and that was down here. It was cold. So, all right, where are we at on the uh, makeshift itinerary we got? We should be up to picks, I would think. Um, I would think so. And I've meant to update points at some point tonight, but because I didn't really get a good chance to do it earlier, but I certain things happened and that did not happen. So two weeks worth of points to update, which thankfully for tomorrow I might have a chance to do, uh, probably on my lunch. So with that being said, uh, we have shoot. I want to say it's all. No, I don't think it's all three yet. No wrong deal. Oh wait, the Cubs schedule came or the NASCAR schedule came out for 2023. We missed this, uh, Craig. That was a big thing that came out in the week. Yes. Yes. So why don't we um, talk about that? All right. So for the Cubs series, not much has really changed. Uh, they're bringing back the Clash of the Coliseum. Uh, yeah. The Daytona duels. The Daytona 500, you know, to kick things off. Then we go to the West Coast swing of Auto Club, Las Vegas, Phoenix, and then we head down south for Atlanta, 
uh, Circuit of the Americas. Uh, then we get to uh, three short track races, uh, Richmond, Bristol Dirt, and Martinsville. Then we head to Talladega, Dover. Uh, then we go to Kansas, Darlington. Uh, Darlington is going to fall on Mother's Day weekend again. Um, then we go to North Wilkesboro, which is a big change. Uh, basically the big notable change on the cup side uh, for uh, the cup series with the all-star race at North Wilkesboro. Uh, then we got the Coke 600 uh, following that to Gateway, uh, Sonoma. Then we go to Nashville. After that is the new Chicago street course race. That happens yeah, the they're going to have Uzi's and AK-47s and all that there for that race because they're probably going to need them. <laughs> they probably do. Um, let's see. Then we go back to Atlanta after Chicago, uh, New Hampshire, uh, Pocono, Richmond, Michigan, Indianapolis is still the road course, unfortunately. Uh, then we head up. So we get back-to-back road course races, Indianapolis and Watkins Glen, before we hit Daytona for the regular season finale. And then essentially the playoffs is basically what we're seeing this year. Uh, Darlington, Kansas, uh, Bristol for the first round, and a Texas, Talladega, Charlotte, Roval for the second round, Las Vegas, Homestead, Martinsville for the round of eight. So we head back to Phoenix for the championship four. Now, Kevin Harvick did make a couple of comments on the new schedule, and quite honestly, I'm pretty much siding him on this one. Uh, two thumbs up on the North Wilkesboro deal, thumbs down on the one-off weekend. So Cup Series will only have one-off weekend next year. Um, two thumbs up for the Coliseum. Uh, two thumbs down for same races and playoffs. Two thumbs up for the street race. And four thumbs down for Indy Road Course. So if that doesn't tell you much, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, well, that tells me a lot. Um, I think they could do away with the Indy Road Course. They are talking about 2024 having it back at they're talking about alternating it actually um which i'm okay with yeah you know i you know we wanted more road courses we got them now we have too many uh in my opinion in my opinion we oh, got I too many with you. Yeah, um, i will um, tell you this that testing was at homestead this week uh today and tomorrow they're testing at homestead um, NASCAR is calling it an organizational test. Uh, so, um, I, I'll be interested to see what the final notes are on that uh, after they are completed. And I'm sure we'll talk um, about it. You you mentioned too many road courses, Craig. Uh, Xfinity has a buttload of road course races. So here's their schedule. See, they start Daytona, then they head to Auto Club, Las Vegas, Phoenix, 
then Atlanta, Circuit of the Americas, so there's one. Uh, Richmond, Martinsville, Talladega, Dover, Darlington, Charlotte, Portland, so there's road course number two. And then a week after that, they're at another road course for Sonoma, so there's three. And you go to Nashville. Then they have another road course, which is the Chicago Street Course. So there's four. Atlanta, New Hampshire, Pocono. Then they head to Road America. So there's road course number five, Michigan. And then they're back at another road course for back-to-back weekends of Indianapolis and Watkins Glen. So that's, what, six and seven up to this point? Then Daytona, Darlington. Kansas is their cutoff race this year instead of Bristol uh, for the regular season. And for the round of 12 playoffs for them, they have Bristol, Texas, and the Charlotte Rovals. So there's eight. Uh, Then their round of eight playoffs is Las Vegas, Homestead, Martinsville series, and then the championship four at Phoenix. Now the truck series does have a little bit of variety in this one this year. Craig, and and you'll know what I'm talking about here in a minute. Uh, Daytona to start, then they go to Las Vegas, Atlanta, and Circuit of the Americas in March. In April, they go to Texas. Uh, They only have one dirt race this year instead of two, and that's going to be at Bristol. Uh, So they lost Knoxville, but they did gain a track in this process, and we'll get get to that point eventually. Um. Then they head to Martinsville to round off their April schedule. Then in May, uh, they're basically racing four weeks in a row. Uh, Kansas, Darlington, and they're going to have the truck series run a points race at North Wilkesboro. So there's a plus there. Uh, Charlotte to end the May schedule. Then in June, they only have two races, which is at Gateway and Nashville. In July, they are at Mid-Ohio, Pocono, and Richmond. Uh, Richmond's their cutoff uh, for the regular season. Now in August is where they start their playoffs for the round of 10, which is uh, once again they'll start at um, P Indi- at the uh, Indianapolis Raceway Park uh, short track. Then what replaced Knoxville into the schedule was the Milwaukee Mile. We're seeing the return of the Milwaukee Mile, Craig. Oh, my goodness. And it's a playoff race for the Truck Series, nonetheless. Uh, Then Kansas, and then after that, we have Bristol, Talladega, Homestead for their round of eight races, and, of course, Phoenix to close it out. I honestly think the Truck Series got a better schedule than Xfinity and Cup Series combined, if, if I were to put my two cents in. Well, and that's what makes this show great. We can put our two cents in and nobody seems to listen nor care. Um, <laughs> uh, I think it's great. I mean, I ain't complaining. I don't – I'm not a fan. Like, I like the two road courses we had originally. You had a third, the Roval. That was cool. After that, it's like – it's like spending time with somebody you really can't stand because you're forced to. Um, that's how I look at it. 
Um, that's how I look at all these road course rates. But I, I could be in the minority here, and that's okay. Let's do picks, shall we? Let's do, go ahead. I'll throw in my road course thing. Um, I don't mind having road courses. I just think they're a little much, and I'm not. And I don't know why we have to have back-to-back road courses. Um, I think I mentioned Indianapolis and Watkins Glen. Like, why? But, shoot, I feel for the Xfinity Series, in a sense. Um, they got Circuit of the Americas, which, you know, is the only road course for quite a while to start the season. And then the heart of their road course racing starts... Um, oh shoot! I'm on the truck series schedule, not the Xfinity. There we go. Now I got it. Um, then the heart of the road course racing starts in the summertime, Craig. You got Portland, Sonoma thrown in there, and then you get a break from road course racing. Then you go to Chicago, and you get uh, three weeks off before they go to Road America. Then you get a week off, then two road course races, and just it's just too much, like. I I thought Cub Series was bad, but Xfinity really got nailed. Yeah, again, I'm not a fan of the road courses, so, you know, I could honestly care less. I probably, I'll watch the highlights because that's about all you're going to watch anyway. Um, At least that's my opinion. I'm not a fan of road course races. I think they're long and drawn out, and I wouldn't even pay. To, you know, I, I, I didn't live too far from Pocono when I was growing up, and even in my mid-20s, and I never went to Pocono because it's like a road course. There's three turns. Where's turn four? There isn't one. Yeah, It's a big track. You can't no see kidding. nothing. Um. So, you know, I look at it like this. It's it's like a miniature road course, Pocono. So I'm glad that, uh, you know, they didn't do anything with, with Pocono as far as that goes. All right. We really shouldn't even do picks because we should just do them on the, on the, uh, in the thread because nobody's here that, um, only Xfinity and Cup this weekend. That's right. And they're both, so here's what uh, I say, Chad. They're, they're both 3.30 uh, races, too. Saturday and Sunday, okay. Here's what I say, Chad. I say we don't do picks. That we wait for CJ, Lee, and Chris to give ours, and then we do something we've not done in a while, which is post our picks on the Race Chat Live page. Um, Because there's only two of us that are going to be doing picks live on the air. There's not three of us, so it kind of makes it kind of, you know, I don't want to say it makes it suck, but... Oh, no, I got you there. You know, I don't know. That's just my, that's just my opinion. But I mean, whatever, whatever you're thinking about is what we'll do. 
No, then no, that's okay because I get to get caught up on points anyway for the last two weeks. I was going to try to see if I can nail that while setting up roundtable for uh, tonight anyway, but I got one done and not both. So hopefully tomorrow I can get that one thing I did not accomplish and get that done and get caught up. So, all right, you got anything you want to do and want to say in closing? Um. I do want to throw in the fact um, that Fonda 200 happened this past weekend at Fonda Speedway, and a similar situation. I know situation, your boy Matt Shepard won. Hey, similar situation happened to Stuart Friesen that happened with Kyle Busch. He literally just pitted, and Stuart Friesen blew up the motor. Coincidence there. Wow. People don't like Kyle Busch, but Fonda, you get mixed reactions, and oh boy, what a the crowd erupted when Stu had a blown motor. But he wasn't a dominant, but I will say this, he was not the dominant driver during that race. And I was quite shocked. He was not dominant in that race. He had people beat him straight up. It's not something you see every day at that place. No. No, it's not. But uh, I remember that used to be called the track of freezing for a reason. And that's no. <laughs> hey, you just. Hey, are you a poet? I was... rhyme. Yeah, and I don't even know it, but my feet show it because they're Longfellows. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it wasn't even planned to rhyme. Um, I just, you know, people, you associate. Uh, you associate Fonda with excellence. Obviously, Stewie being an excellent driver, he's won a lot there in his division. But, hey, before we go, real quick, Zach Dufel of uh, Schaefer Racing, who we've had – we had Mike Schaefer on – or Mike Jackson on earlier this year, um, right before the uh, – right before the benefit in April. And uh, Zach is leading the points in the King of Dirt Racing Series for uh, the Northeast. And I didn't even know the King of Dirt was still a thing. So I learned well, something new. I believe, believe it was yesterday. Well, King of Dirt, I'll, I'll get you caught up uh, if I can quickly. Um, King of Dirt, um, as you know, Craig, was more of a – I guess you could say, like, more for the local, the smaller teams that that wanted to, like, travel to different tracks or run a series. Um, basically, that was set up for them. Um, and then it kind of went downhill because of uh, a promoter, uh, promoter changes. And then um, once – and then COVID happened, and then they were trying to start back up last year, and it didn't happen. So this year – uh, the promoter at Devil Bowl Speedway is also the promoter of King of Dirt uh, series. He decided to change things up for a bit, and he wanted to turn the King of Dirt racing series into more of a home track series where uh, your best finishes at your home track uh, get you points. And, of course, um, the field size on an average basis, you know, kind of plays into factor too. So, yeah, Zach Dufel leads the uh, limited sportsman points 
for the King of Dirt series in the Northeast. And, um, and I know that King of Dirt is trying to uh, eventually rebuild back into what they used to be, which is run uh, Mr. Crate USA races at uh, Lebanon Valley Speedway. And then uh, Mr. Dirt Track USA would be held at Fonda or Devil's Bowl at times. And they're, they're trying to slowly progress to what they used to be. Um, I did, right now, uh, the promoter is saying we need to start small and eventually work our way back there, uh, which I think is a smart idea, being that King of Dirt was sat quiet for a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, you can't, uh, you can't be dormant and then come back balls to the wall and, and expect it to be successful. Um, I will tell you this, that Ken Kenny, the promoter down here at uh, Henry County Racing, Raceway, Raceway Park, has already started announcing some big races for next year. I'll share those on the Race Chat Live page throughout the week um, and leading up to it. I believe the first big race is in February. And uh, February 25th, if I'm not mistaken, is the uh, is when it is. And I'll share more information on that as it becomes available. But uh, it seems like it's going to be pretty good down here next year. So if you get a chance, you might want to come down here and see what all this fastest racing in the South is all about, Tad. Leave the wife at home. Hey, <laughs> hey we're hitting some um, big money races now. It's September. We got Fonda 200. Or this past weekend, we had Fonda 200, uh, the Freedom 76ers. Uh, possibly the last one in history, being that uh, Grandview Speedway recently got sold, and nobody knows what's happening to that track as of right now. Um, trying to think, there was a couple other big. Oh, there's Gerald Harris Memorial Race, Atlanta Legends this past weekend. Uh, there was another. Uh, oh, King of the Can Race at Pennsylvania and Penn Can Speedway that happened. Uh, we still got. Uh, we still got the Port Royal Speed Showcase, $50,000 to win. And that one, uh, there's a race in Georgetown that's $25,000 to win. Uh, there's also uh, Super Dirt Week yet to happen, which Kenny Wallace and Ken Schrader are confirmed to be at Super Dirt Week running the Pro Stock Division. So I think that's going to be huge, uh, not only for that's the Northeast, awesome. but for the Pro Stock for the pro stock division as well, who the pro stock has always been a, one of those top three divisions, but doesn't always get the, as much attention as the, uh, the sportsmen and the uh, modifieds get attention for. So I'm, it's cool to have those guys racing a division that doesn't always get the attention, but now they will. No, that's definitely awesome. And that's awesome for, uh, for upstate New York. I mean, that's, you know, you're going to get those guys coming into town. They're going to spend some money and they're going to bring money into your area. And that's, you know, that's something that New York needs uh, desperately. So, well, the all right, let's get the Believe it or not, Super Dirt Week is hitting its 50th running of it. Can you believe that now? 
Well, is it really though? Because we missed a year because of COVID. Well, they didn't. They postponed that one. So we're. Uh, so I guess forty nine happened last year, and fifty is happening this year. Oh, okay. That's right. I forgot that New York was out of the blue. Um, was out of the danger zone. But no, that is awesome. Fifty years of Super Dirt Week. Now it's a shame that it's not where it had been for the first forty five years. It was at uh where was it originally? Oswego, right? Uh yeah, now it's at Oswego, but it was at the New York City Fairgrounds in Syracuse before. That's right. That's right. The Moody so, Mile. The Moody Mile. All right, buddy. Let's get the hell out of here. You got a baby to go take care of. And I got to get some sleep. So. All righty. Well, we appreciate you guys for listening into Race Chat Live tonight here on Tuesday night. Uh, it was basically Craig and I tonight. Unfortunately, Chris had some work duties. And uh, we also want to give a shout-out to Miss Lee, uh, unfortunate uh News out of her end on the family side of things. We don't want to get much further detail into it, but thoughts and prayers go out to her and her family right now as they're going through a uh, rough time in their family. So we want to give a shout-out to them. Um, we want to thank you all for listening along. If you don't get to catch us live here on Blog Talk Radio, you can always listen to us basically anytime you want. Um, of course, through Blog Talk Radio. You can also listen to us on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, RSS Feed, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, GeoSaven, Podcast Addict, Deezer, Podchaser, and on YouTube as well. Uh, shout out for to our sponsors that make the 110 Nation uh, possible to keep running. That is Phoenix Fitness, Bears, Bullish Market Talk Group, Carolina Sports Plus. We'll see you guys next Tuesday night for another edition of Race Chat Live as we try to eliminate two more drivers in uh, from the round of 12. And we'll see you at the same bat time, same bat place, Tuesday night. This has been the Costume Flag Racing Radio, Chris Creighton, the DJ Music Man, Craig Moore. I'm the Tasmanian Devil Flaggers, Taz Taylor saying good night. We'll see you all next week. Good night, everybody. Just a good old boy Never meaning no harm Beats all you never saw Been in trouble with the law Since the day they was born Straighten in the curve, flattening the hills. Someday the mountain might get them, but the law never will. Making their way, the only way they know how. That's just a little bit change if they could.
fighting the system like a two modern day Robin Hood. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 